0: I am here with two-time Stanley Cup champion, Florida Panthers COO, and author, Sean Thornton. Welcome, Sean. Thanks for having me. Good to see you, man. Yeah, good to see I you, you too. You. Yeah, good to hear <laughs> Seeing and hearing, kind of the same. But uh, I I have to start with my favorite Sean Thornton stat when I was uh, looking into you a little bit. So you're the only player this century to record 10 fights, score 10 goals, and win a Stanley Cup champion in um, you know cup in the same season that's quite impressive so uh, congrats I, on that stat
1: I'd love to know who did the digging to find that <laughs> stat uh, and normally people bring up uh, I'm the only player to play 600 games in the minor leagues and then play 700 in the NHL uh, that one's pretty uh, well known but I didn't know about the 10-10 and Stanley Cup yeah. but I'll take it that, that gets me in the Hall see- of Fame right
0: yeah yeah uh, that is, but I guess the question I would ask off that is like you're obviously known as an enforcer where like where does that come from uh the enforcing part yeah, just is it like is it something you kind of grew up with? is it like a chip on your shoulder where do you think that comes from?
1: no I, I'm actually really laid back it was uh it was a means to an end uh, I'm from a town you know fairly blue collar you, you you learned how to take care of yourself at a young age. My dad worked in a steel factory and um, was a fairly tough individual for his size too. And, you know, we always had a rule at our house that, you know, don't ever let anyone pick on you. Don't let anyone pick on anyone else. Like, don't be bullied. Don't anyone, let anyone else be bullied. Always stick up for the, uh, the underdog. And that kind of translated into my career as well. Like I said, it was my foot in the door. I started boxing when I was 15, 16, uh, learning how to handle myself on the ice with a, a mentor I had, Lionel Lingleton. Um... And then, yeah, again, means to an end. the The fighting came easy. I had to teach myself how to play real hockey to be able to get those ten goals.
0: There you go. So, it seems like uh, you've always had an eye for business off the ice. I know you were involved in the business community when you're here in Boston. And I think I saw somewhere that maybe you and uh, former Red Sox Tim Wakefield had a restaurant there at some point. That but, one didn't um, go so well, but yes, yes we did. The restaurant here, it's a it's a tough business, but um, I know. Most you, most of us know about your impressive playing career, but really just love to know a little bit more about what you've been up up to since 2017 when you retired.
1: Yeah, it started back when I played for the Bees. Actually, myself and uh, Matt Chamura, who was the Bruins CMO up until about a few months ago, uh, we're really close, and uh, I really took an interest when I was with the Bees on the business side. Uh, you know, every trip that Amy Latimer, or the president, was on, or Uh, any partnerships with chris johnson i was always you know making sure i I picked their brain that i would actually spend time in the office after practice just sit with a different department you know whether it was once a week whenever i could get in um and really just hear what was going on on the business side it's always been a fascination of mine something I was really interested the the tough part was getting somebody to believe that i was smart enough to actually be on this side of the business being that i'm a enforcer there's a perception that when you fight for a living, that you're a knuckle dragger that can't look at a spreadsheet uh, or put together a term sheet for a partnership. So uh, yeah, I retired in 2017. I had planned on going back to Boston. Uh, I had a job offer from Nesson and for the Bruins to do some new relations stuff. But our CEO, uh, Matt Caldwell, uh, who's now our present CEO, and our minority owner, Doug Seep, who sat me down and said exactly what I was alluding to earlier we think you're a little smarter than you let on. Uh, they picked my brain a lot because they had just bought the team, uh, Doug and Vinny uh, Biola had just bought the team a few years prior to me getting here, and or maybe a year uh, getting here. So picked my brain a lot on things and you know, thought I had a, a good mind for the business side and offered me the job to come on this side. And I didn't know what it was going to be, uh, but I retired, I think, April 7th, and my first day in the office was May 5th. So I didn't take much time off, uh, came in and just tried to learn and absorb as much as possible and slowly
0: uh, slowly worked my way up. That's yeah, cool. And it looks like the Panthers have been leading, leading the way in NIL deals and NFTs, all the abbreviation deals. Yeah. And are you, uh, are you a believer kind of in the future of both and any, any kind of thoughts around both of those? I know they're very different things, but um, I know yeah. you were involved.
1: I think uh, for us as a franchise, I mean, within the last year, we've really taken a step back and, you know, the pandemic was horrible for pro sports. Uh, but in that time, we really got to reflect, adapt, and look on how to be innovative. So we were, the, you know, we were the first sports team to have a virtual 5k in all sports. And you saw, you know, a team like the Dallas Cowboys is following you after that. You're like, wow, we're, we're, we're thinking the same way here, thinking the right way. And then, you know, we would have been the first uh, hockey team to have fans back in the building. We uh, were the first well-certified building. Uh, Dallas Stars ended up getting COVID, so our home opener got pushed uh, four or five days. I think Arizona might have been the first team to have fans, but we were going to be the first ones to have fans. And then yeah, first uh, first team to go out with an NILs, and uh, we would have been one of the first teams to go with an NFT. The Jersey Devils beat us to it. Uh, they're not sure if their legal is a little ahead of it, in the, uh, Mars, but we we were right there. We wanted to go in the playoffs, and we had uh, we had it all built out. Uh, but yeah, we're. We like to think of ourselves as innovators. I mean, the Florida Panthers were kind of looked at a certain way years past, but now when you have other teams calling or we're getting on league calls and using us as the example uh, for people to to follow, I think there's you know something to be proud of there.
0: Yeah, for sure. And so, the uh, outside of the Panthers, you have uh, a book coming out this October, Sean Thornton fighting my way to the top. So tell yeah, us about the so, book. Yeah, big-time talking- author.
1: I did not. I did not see that happening anytime in my uh, my adult life. Um, I was approached by the publishing company and, and Dale Arnold, who had wrote a book about the Bruins, and they asked him basically who who they thought had an interesting story to tell. And he brought my name up, and they dug into me a little bit. The fact that you know, games changed a little bit since I started, but you know, I used to work midnights in a factory before playing junior, and then working in a steel factory. And like we said, most AHL games in the history of the game before rounding out my career in the NHL and having a different outlook on life and how to approach it and to where I am now as, as the CCO here I think they thought it was an interesting story so it was tough to write I'm not gonna lie to you we, we agreed to it right before the pandemic hit and I had planned on being up in Boston your neck of the woods six seven eight nine times of sitting down and having meaningful meaningful conversations with myself and people around me and hot stoving and doing it that way and it turned into phone calls on phone calls with me and Dale, just me trying to remember stories off the back of my head. and uh, But yeah. it was a challenge, but, you know, I had to put in the last edits actually this morning. I had to ship them off. So
0: I'm excited for it to come out in October. Hopefully people like it. That's awesome. I saw it's on pre-sale on Amazon. So check it out there. But uh, so besides, what's that? You
1: already bought yours,
0: right? Of course. <laughs> I was uh, so, but obviously besides, you know, purchasing a copy of the book, it, how else can this, community support you i know you have the sean thornton foundation which focuses on parkinson's disease but what else can we do to support you
1: Uh, i think the foundation's a big one for me Uh, i created it during the lockout in 2012 had a golf tournament for a couple years uh before that and uh wasn't sure if i was going to lose it during the lockout because the bruins ran it for me so i had to create my own foundation we split it 50 50 between uh pediatric cancer and parkinson's you know every Every person on my board volunteers uh every dollar that comes in goes right back out the door we have a golf tournament august 23rd i think it's sold out um we do the marathon so we usually get bibs for the marathon have people running uh but people can just go to the website i mean they can make donations if they just want to donate and uh know that the money's going to go into a good cause uh, or if there's an event that you want to be a part of please reach out and hopefully we can make it work
0: awesome well, Sean, I appreciate the time today and uh, hopefully uh, I know we'll all, be, we'll all be following along closely. I'll include links to a lot of the different things you're up to, including the book. And uh, thanks again for your time. Thank you. appreciate it.